can't even believe we're actually doing it, to be honest. We're back two weeks in a row. This is the first, maybe. Are we going to have enough stuff to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just got back from CES. How was that? It was um, it was pretty crazy. We've so what been. what is it like? Because I always think of it as being like Fashion Week, but I, I th- is it like a trade show? Yeah, it's the biggest trade show. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's a gigantic trade show in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. CES, formerly the Consumer Electronics Show. I, I think I went through a bunch of nonsense about this last week. Yeah, I think you did, um, actually. It's like hundreds of thousands of people in the desert. Well, it's not really the desert. I just it's can't. Vegas. So Vegas is always crazy crowded. This is like, imagine the most, the busiest Tokyo subway station you've ever been in. And then that's everywhere you go, basically. Is it comparable to, um, comparable um, to South by Southwest in terms of goofiness? Well, the thing about um, CES is that there's like two main convention centers. So everybody's in them? Yeah, but you're trying to get between one and the other and it's a mess. And then there's all the hotels where there's people having... There's like keynotes and other meetings and that kind of stuff. How and, far apart are the two convention centers? Uh, far apart enough that you you probably wouldn't want to walk. It's mm-hmm. also not like a pedestrian friendly place at all. You can walk. I've done it. And the weather was okay, so it was. Other question: um, Is it all product in those? So just like booths with product? Yeah, or? massive booths mm-hmm. of products, which also have like meeting rooms in them. So there's a good chance you you if you have meetings with companies, there's a good chance that some of the meetings are going to be in the convention center, in the two different ones. And you wouldn't want to have those meetings back to back because it's like 45 minutes to get between them. So whether you walk or drive, really there should be what they really should have is they should shut down traffic. Mm-hmm. They should have they should shut down half the road. They should have bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and they should they have don't the have other a bike half of the road. Program? No, they don't of course not. They don't even have no. like there's no I mean they should. I mean it's pretty easy to walk between Excuse me, sorry, it's Sunday night. Um, it's pretty easy to walk between the hotels. I felt like yeah. the one time I went to Vegas, I lost like five pounds because we ate a lot and drank a lot, but all we did was walk around. Yeah, I walked. Um, let's see if I can pull up my Apple Watch stats. Maybe we even talked about how interesting it would be to have these stats. Um, so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of last week were the days where, uh, I was in, you know, doing shuffling between meetings. So Tuesday I walked 8.9 miles, 17,000 steps. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, 27,000 steps. That's a lot. 14 miles. Wow. That's a, that's a Paris Fashion Week crazy day when I've also done a huge run. Thursday, 18,000 steps, 9.2 miles. So, yeah, Wednesday night. Oh, the first two of those days were also um, wearing boots. So that was kind of annoying. Um, Okay, third question. Anyway, it's a zoo. It was crazy. There was stuff everywhere. There were a lot of drones. There were a lot of – I didn't – you know what? It was interesting. There weren't – I mean, there were like a bunch of like health devices and that kind of stuff. But the smartwatch concept wasn't like overwhelming. Okay. There wasn't – and there wasn't like a lot of fashion elements to it. 
It was all the a lot of the smartwatch stuff was very utilitarian, like medical and fitness stuff. I have I have another question though. Um, are people buy are there buyers from retail? Oh yeah, stores there. So wh- what kind of stores? Like Radio Shack? No, does Radio Shack still exist? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I mean, there's probably people from like Best Buy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know, there's 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 a whole. There were like massage chairs out there. There were uh, coffee makers. Like there's all kinds of stuff. There's probably so, buyers from like Walmart there. But people are are people actually placing orders? Some are. I mean, not not necessarily like retail buyers placing orders, but orders are placed. Like whether it's companies buying stuff from suppliers or okay. suppliers buying stuff from other suppliers. Um, you know, one of the people I interviewed was the CEO of AT&T Wireless. And I said, Do, like, are there deals being done here? He's like, yeah, of course, all the time. So it's very weird to me. Well, I don't really that that would be a story I'd want to know. Like what is actually happening there other than schmoozing and going to meetings and like advertising yeah. stuff. There's a ton of schmoozing. To me, it, it seems like kind of like I assumed it was kind of like the auto show. So it's just like display items that may never actually exist. And what was actually happening were advertisers are there and meeting with people. There's a ton of stuff that, may never be sold to the public but there's a lot of stuff that's like going to be sold to the public and it's interesting a lot of them are now like pre before they do their kickstarter or something they were showing it off at ces yeah some of it was does kickstarter have a big presence there i don't think they actually had a booth but one of the more interesting meetings i had was actually with three people from kickstarter who Mm -hmm. took me on a tour of like six or seven different booths of products that either were on kickstarter that day Mm-hmm. were going to be on Kickstarter or had already been on Kickstarter. That's really interesting. Yeah, and they were – one of them was actually kind of neat. It's like a <laughs> – it's almost like a landline phone. It's like the kitchen phone, but it's a giant – well, it's not a giant. It's like an iPad mini mm-hmm. so you can immediately launch into a video call with someone. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that was kind of neat. Um, I forgot the name. Do you go to any of the malls or anything? No. <laughs> I mean, you have to walk, walk through, through the them? mall yeah. to – I went into um, Barney's and bummed a pump of Aesop. Oh, yeah. And my hands were really dry. I'm really bummed you didn't look at the sale rack for Sorry. me. Anytime you're near a Barney's during sale season, you need to just go look at the sale rack for okay, me. Okay, I will. Um, the other th- – oh, the- I said there were no fashion things, but actually that's not true. The Fitbit, the new Fitbit smartwatch was announced. Yeah. and Doesn't they're it trying look to be- just it- like the Apple Watch? Yeah, it looks like a shitty Apple Watch. Um, and I wrote a post that was kind of – Maybe a little down on them, SMH. basically saying that they were um, trying to go after Apple instead of focusing on where they're actually strong, which is very specifically fitness. But that's not – I mean, the, obviously the, the biggest risk to Fitbit is that whatever Fitbit does, fitness tracking, just becomes an app on a more general device, similar to how things like camcorder used to be a a flip cam and now are just an app on your iphone yeah or flashlight used to be something you'd go out and buy physical thing and now you know everybody has a flashlight with them all the time it's called their phone yeah um so the the risk to fitbit is that just like ipod became the music app on everyone's phone 
that Fitbit is just going to become the fitness app on everyone's phone. Uh, and usually when that happens, the, you know, the, the, the revenue goes way down. I mean, yeah. there's no way Fitbit is going to be able to charge $200 for an app on your phone. So the, the question is like, well, should they, should they be the ones who offer the more general product? And the answer is if they can, like if they can make a really good general smartwatch, but I think that the market has shown that like Pebble couldn't. Are they Pebble, a public company? Fitbit? Yeah. Yeah, they are now. So here's the Their thing. Their stock went way down. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about these kinds of companies. When they're when you're building something, I guess don't you think about that this kind of thing might happen and try to like build it into your plan when you're do when you're first raising money or whatever and you know, you have to put on your deck the list of things that could go wrong. Like why didn't they think about this? Well, I'm sure they did, but and they've had a, they, they had they another more it. general thing. Well, I mean, if if they could do a good job at it, I mean, it's not like the Apple has has sewn up the market for no. good. They certainly have not. Well, the I, Fitbit stock is down. Uh, it was at thirty dollars at the beginning of the week, and now it's like twenty one. Oh shit, that's kind of bad. Uh, yeah. Oops. And I don't. I think that's overreacting. I don't know. Well, uh, well, the, maybe there were other the things thing that it was is, reacting to. Have you to, ever but. used a Fitbit? No. Neither have I. But people what I will seem, say people is... People seem to really like them, though. Well, my Apple Watch is the thing I use it more than anything for is fitness. Right. Is the Apple Watch better than the Fitbit? No, but the Fitbit is outselling the Apple Watch, or at least has been. We don't, we'll see what it's happens. It's cheaper, though, right? Yeah, it's cheaper. But what I'm saying is, is it better in terms of what it offers? Is it better at it tracking off- fitness? Yeah. I don't like, know. Does it, it offer more? The only thing that is frustrating about the Apple Watch when you're running is it is metal. So while well, it's aluminum, but so it's heavy or, or, well, it's just like, you know, like I had issues with my Apple watch and I think a big reason for it is probably because of like, I, I mean, we don't know why, but, yeah. but I don't know. I don't, I've never used one. People they're plastic. So I just feel like they're probably, they don't feel as precious. Or but something. see that the new one comes in with it. You can get it with a stainless steel. Yeah, that one and looks dumb. I saw it. Yeah, I don't I know. saw it I on think, Bloomberg or something. I think maybe they're missing the that, point. Well, they're they're missing that like the Apple watches that are selling are not the ones that are stainless steel like fashion pieces. So that's the question: is then like is the Apple Watch really a threat to the watch industry, or is it just? Um, a fitness tracker. We'll see. We'll see what Apple has in mind for a version two also, which should be soon. Anyway, so that Fitbit I checked it out. I mean it's fine. It just doesn't it's not something I would want. It might it's it's cheaper still. It might do well. I don't I don't, I don't think, think it will. will. I mean it has basically the same fitness tracking stuff as it is some of the other ones. It I think it had heart tracking but not it doesn't have its own GPS, so it's not really gonna compete with like the really serious uh, Garmin GPS running watches and that kind of stuff, like yeah. the stuff that real runners train with. So it's kind of like a crappy Apple, like it's kind of a crappy Apple Watch, and it's a kind of a crappy fitness machine. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, what do not, you think? Uh, not something I want. What do you think the new Apple Watch? Do you think it's just gonna be thinner? Do you think? 
Is this this release time normal for them to release a product, or do, is there not really a normal time? Um, well, last year around the spring is when the first Apple Watch came out. So did they? But they didn't. They announced it during Fashion Week, right? So well, they announced it twice. First, like last September, mm-hmm. and then in February, I think, mm-hmm. and then it shipped in April. But they announced it. Oh, so when are they announcing the next Apple Watch? Supposedly before April. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, thinner. I mean, really, the most important thing is that it has updated software, and I think that it feels faster and that kind of stuff. Like, There's a lot of stuff that I would like the health and fitness apps to do that they don't. The other apps are pretty useless still. They really have to make them faster. And really, I don't think it's going to be that powerful or interesting of a device until... It has its own GPS and cell thing in it. So and that's you, not going to happen That's this not happening time. this year, I don't th- I mean, there's other other companies like Samsung and LG. I think Samsung has one on the market that has its own SIM card type thing. Mm-hmm. And I think LG made one, but then they had to discontinue it immediately or something because there was a, a critical flaw of some sort. Uh. So it's not – they're not widespread. They'll happen in the next – I think I asked someone, and they said that this year, which means probably next year. Okay. But I don't know. Anyway, That's exciting to me. I other love CES that. stuff, a lot of drones. Should we get a drone? I, d- I really don't want one. Okay. Do you want one? Nah, I don't know. I mean, what how much do, with do it. they cost? Enough that it, you really need something to do with it. I'd rather get one of those things that supposedly cleans your house for you. Oh, a, a vacuum? Yeah, thing? does that work? I don't no. know, but I had breakfast with the CEO of that company, iRobot. Yeah. Makers of the Roomba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they have one that maps your house out. So it shows you where it vacuumed. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then once you, they have a map of your house, there's probably more interesting stuff they can do. How much once, once they're how more, much is it? I don't know. Let's find out. I'd rather have one of those than what what do you do? What do people do with drones? Take videos mostly. Roomba well, there's a Roomba that's nine hundred dollars. Well, I I don't want that for sure. I don't know what the, the one that's is. like four fifty. Well, something? there's one that's like two hundred something. That's oh, eBay, so I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't think we're in, we don't need a Roomba yet. No. Uh, maybe though, someday. Oh yeah, nine hundred dollars is the most expensive one. Three seventy five for the looks like the least expensive. What does it say? Why Roomba? Why why Roomba? Where? It says why Roomba at the bottom. What what is Roomba the is your partner for a cleaner home, hoping you stay ahead of daily dust and dirt by vacuuming every day. Be, I don't really think we have that issue. Well, we do have some dust. Yeah, but from the um central air. Yeah, but I don't know if it's worth three hundred fifty dollars. Well, we would need to get the nine hundred dollars. Also, one. don't you feel why? <laughs> I mean you're gonna get a robot you gotta get the best robot um also don't you think ralford would like freak out i think dogs actually get along with the roomba it's interesting i'm not sure well what we should do is get a review unit and review it for this show yeah let's do it boom you Done. know those people right what's that you know those yeah, people I just had right breakfast with them we were hanging out we we're talking about robots what did i ask them i forgot it was pretty early in the morning. Uh, oh, there's anyway. Oh, they, remember they also do the mop. Oh, floor scrubbing too. That, Pool cleaning. That seems gutter better. cleaning. 
The whole idea, though, is once they have a map of your house, then there's other stuff that they could do. Like if they notice something's missing from where it belongs, or eventually, you know, robots will be able to move stuff around. Right now, these are very mm-hmm. limited use vacuuming and that kind of stuff. So, I, a couple of things. Ooh. Um, I was just looking on Twitter because I, I sent a call out for some questions. So we did get one. Oh, good. Um, but also I just realized that the Golden Globes red carpet started. Have we ever talked about red carpet? No. It's so weird. What about it? It's just, it's just a that big it exists? part of, it's a big business. Oh, yeah. It's like a huge business. It's really insane. We haven't. I'm sure we've talked about Maybe, it. Maybe I don't know. But it's it's really crazy now because there are like 15 award shows, and you know there's a lot of pay for play. So this doesn't happen as much in fashion, but in in jewelry, like basically every actress is paid a crap load of money, like several hundred thousand or millions of dollars, to wear specific jewelers on the mar- on the red carpet. Why is that? Because it's really good advertising for them. Hmm. I did a story about it last year, so we probably talked about it. I don't want to go nuts. But when Gwyneth Paltrow wore, she wore this Harry Winston choker when she won the Oscar um, in like 1998, I think, or 99. Um, and they sold like three of them a the couple of days afterwards. So people actually buy stuff, but it's also just the best advertising they could ever get. Whereas fashion has more kind of ways to get to people. Um, and, and you know, there is pay for play in the fashion space too, but it's more of Jennifer Lawrence is, she's the face of um, Dior. So she's in all their advertising. So she got paid a lot of money to do that. And part of the contract is that she wears Dior a certain number of times hmm. and probably for certain events. So she wears a lot of Dior on the on the bigger red carpets. Um, there's that new actress Al- Alicia Vikander. I don't. I'm probably mispronouncing both of her um, her names, but she's super gorgeous and she's in. Um, she was in Ex Machina and a couple of other things. A Danish girl, and I assuming she's wearing Louis Vuitton because she's the face of the latest Louis Vuitton campaign. But it's a really interesting. It's. It's fascinating because it is so important for fashion companies now. It's such a huge part of their business, and and they can't ignore it. It's it's really nuts, and and it, it's hard for younger designers who don't have a budget to get on there or don't have. Do you have to pay to get worn? No, no. Most most. W- for clothes, most of the clothes, like people think that the clothes are it's pay for play. It really usually isn't with the dresses. Like usually sometimes like Carl Lagerfeld will make a custom dress for Julianne Moore or what have you. Um, so, and it's not like she's paying for it. So in that way it's, it's free, but she's probably not getting paid a million dollars to wear Chanel because Chanel is something that's really, yeah, you know, so, but, but Bulgari, she's the face of, of Bulgari, She's definitely getting paid a crap load of money to be in their advertising campaign and wear it on the red carpet. Hmm. It just depends, but it it's it's really really interesting. And then there's also stuff like does a designer ever not know that someone's going to wear that? Oh stuff? yeah, so, uh, and a lot of times they make custom 
for the for the actresses and at at the end of the like the day of the actress is like, I don't feel comfortable in this. So these really young designers that if you're making a $2,000 gown and you probably are already not turning a profit in your business and you just make someone a $2,000 gown, they're not even paying you wholesale and you spend all this time and you probably sew it yourself because you have a small team and you want it to be perfect. And sometimes they'll like sew it into the, to the woman, to the actress, they'll like go into the fittings with the actress. They'll fly to LA to be with her and she'll be like, I don't like it and wear something off the rack. It happens all the time. You never know. There's, it's never a guarantee whether or not. Mm. And it's interesting, especially when you talk, I have some friends who are publicists who, who work in that world where they are doing celebrity placements a lot. And it is this, um, you're always waiting. There are there are a lot of stylists who will take risks on young designers. And in the last like year or so, we, I've seen a lot more. It used to be Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, Giorgio Armani, and that's it. And now you see more cool designers on, on the red carpet for, for the bigger events too. Just because I think people just got sick of wearing the same stuff over and over again. And there are certain stylists that take bigger risks. And um, But it's... It's a very crazy business and it's, it's, I'm sure it's frustrating for young designers. Then at the lower rung, like with C-list celebrities, that's where the kind of pay for play for clothes comes. So like if it's a crappy designer, I don't want to say crappy, but a more um, gauche designer and they want a reality TV star to wear something, they're probably paying the reality TV star. Hmm. It's, it's really interesting. I should start getting paid to wear clothes. A lot of um, street style stars get paid to wear stuff. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of bloggers get paid to wear stuff. Like, not only do they get free product, but they're also paid a fee to to wear it at, at something. Sweet. It's really insane. For the Needle in the Mouse Awards red carpet. You're funny. You're gonna we could get do that. Gray sweatshirts from... Um, yeah. From Save Khaki. Yeah, or Kitsune or something. Kitsune. Let's but yeah, it. it's it's a really really interesting part of the fashion business and yeah it's it's super crazy hmm. never That's ends cool. yeah it's it's interesting are you mad that we're not watching it no i can look on i, I get annoyed I don't think anyway we have uh e anymore i'm ju- i'm watching the hashtag with all the photos cool. but um is there a twitter moment oh i'm sure how do i even get to that huh um this is down there, that lightning bolt. Oh, Brian Kerr says, was there anything interesting at CES that wasn't a drone or a weird ah. IOT doohickey? What's an IOT? Internet of Things. Oh, yeah. So you said that stuff was super boring, right? Yeah, that stuff was pretty boring. I mean, that's obviously the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, of course, uh, there's going to be sensors on all kinds of stuff. And every a lot of things are going to have internet connections that they didn't before. But... It's not really that compelling, um, you know. Once once you like understand, yeah, okay, I guess this light bulb can be controlled by a computer instead of a switch, and and you're like, all right, now what? That's about it. Uh, what else was cool? There were a lot of drones. There were like hoverboards. <laughs> One thing that was cool was that the U.S. Marshals seized some Chinese booth and like took all their stuff. I didn't get to see that. Um, Bloomberg was tipped off and got to 
videotape it. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so someone just tweeted that Bryce Dallas Howard bought her dress on a rack at a store. Nice. It kind of looks like that. No, I'm just kidding. She looks fine. Um, what else okay. was cool at CES? There, there wasn't one thing that was like, oh, man, that was really cool. There were some things that were obviously cool technology that just weren't really ready. Like I saw this um, this little lapel camera that clips on and it doesn't record video. It mm-hmm. just makes a, sends a, a stream of, of data to your phone of all the things that it sees. Yeah. So um, it recognizes objects and then just sends you the list of objects that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the theory is that that could be trainable to all kinds of stuff. So if you go to the store, like it can just like theoretically make you a list of all the stuff you saw at the store. Or yeah. if you more, – more immediately useful, if you're at a party and you don't know who anyone is, it can sync to your LinkedIn or something oh, and tell you all the people that you're looking at. It's not – it's one of these things where it's like, Would it oh, that's actually cool. work? I don't know. Okay. Who knows? I have two quick questions. So that questions. was kind of interesting. There was also like – there's also a bunch of VR stuff that is eventually – Potentially going to be interesting, but isn't really ready yet. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of Chinese companies with big TVs that were trying to make uh, people know who they were. Uh-huh. That was about it. A lot of fridges with, with uh, screens on them. Yeah. Oh, there was some cool th- weird thing that was like – there's some stuff for like making your clothes less wrinkly. One, yeah. It was like that weird wiggly Wiggly, yeah, uh, that's funny. Dryer, but I don't know. Nothing really. Nothing really. Last year, I saw something really cool, which were these. I think they were Mercedes. This concept show, basically, where they were showing off these headlights that were laser headlights that could that could beam curvature around corners and could like send out a separate light beam if there was a person or an animal on the side of the road. And that was one of those things where it was just like, oh, yeah, this is obviously how cars are going to work someday. That's interesting. But this year, I didn't see anything like that. And some of it could just be that CES is so big and so overwhelming. I probably saw 10 to 20% of all the stuff that was there, if that, maybe 5%. And I was there for like three whole days walking around. Yeah, so that's – I have two questions. One is very broad and one is very specific. The broad one is how much time – because you're in a lot of meetings too. Like and you go to a lot of dinners. You go for drinks. You go for coffee, blah, blah, blah. How much – you were there for from Monday through Friday, right? Mm-hmm. But you got, didn't get there till Monday night. It's not open on Monday. So Tuesday through – what time did you day. leave on Friday? Actually, it wasn't – I don't think it was even open to the public Tuesday. Wednesday was the first day it was open to the public. Tuesday, we got snuck in to do a meeting in a booth that okay. was like half finished. So how much time do you actually spend? Like how many hours do you actually spend looking at stuff? I spent most of Wednesday and Thursday looking at stuff during the day. So probably from like – 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. both days, I was in the convention center. And you did your meetings in the mornings and the afternoon? I mean, the meet, a lot of the meetings are, like, in the booth or, like, walking around with someone. Oh, like, okay. one of the meetings was come to our booth and try on our headset and mm-hmm. and meet the people. Oh, Another okay. one was with Kickstarter where we walked around for an hour yeah. looking at a bunch of booths. Okay. So, 
Yeah, that's interesting. So here's my other question. I went to an appointment on Friday. So it's pre-fall collection. So it's the collections the season before fall. Yeah. So it's a really big collection. So I've been doing reviews and also just going and looking at the clothes. And so I'm with a lot of what in fashion are called market editors. So people who work at magazines and their whole job is to know every single item that's available. So if a stylist and a photographer come in and they're like, we want to do a story. We want to shoot everything in red. That would never happen. But if it did, the market editor knows every single product that's available in red. So they're very old school the way they work. So this, this job doesn't really exist on the web because you also have to be a writer. A market editor at a magazine doesn't write anything. They literally just get, gather all the stuff. And it's a really, really time-consuming, um, laborious job. Yeah, You have to be super patient and super detail-oriented. And it sounds like a nightmare to me, but the people who do it well are, are, are really impressive. So one of the things they all do is they take photos even though they'll get lookbooks with all the products, like professionally done lookbooks, they take physical, fo- they take um, digital photos at every single appointment they go on of every single product. So they take like hundreds and hundreds of photos. And I said something to one of the girls because I have a lot of photos on my phone for reference. And I said something to one of them, and she she uses a digital camera, and she said it just fills up her iPhone so much that she has to have a digital camera. And I said, oh, that would be a fun story. Like, which digital cameras do market editors like the most? But she said, uh, no, it, I just like the cheapest one. So my question for you is, is there still a market for digital cameras? Yeah, it's... Um... Is it because she said that I, was, I would assume at the high, high end when it's your hobby, it's still a thing, right. but... Yeah, that's exactly what's happened is that the the low end has been pretty destroyed by phones uh-huh. and the market now that has grown are like well there's slrs but there's also what's called um mirrorless mm-hmm. which is what i have the new fuji camera i got and so like those just take amazing photos and they're not very i mean they're fairly portable but they're still pretty big yeah and those do well and like you know i wouldn't be surprised if leica sales were still doing well because yeah. those are like very expensive hobbyist cameras but like the cheap canons or whatever yeah all those companies are having trouble that's um, interesting and the other thing that has has done well in recent years was like gopros yeah but gopro oh man the not the the number of gopro knockoffs i saw at ces was absolutely nuts like yeah you know you'd go to some random booth Shenzhen Electronics number 47 or whatever mm-hmm. and a little old lady would like walk you through her her line of perfect looking GoPro knockoffs. Yeah. They have all the features, they fit in the exact same case, they fit in all the GoPro accessories and they're like a third of the price or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know, we're going to see what happens with GoPro. Um, GoPro is trying to build itself into like a media and lifestyle brand and not just a hmm. a, a commodity camera provider. Uh, See how that know. goes. It worked for Red, it worked for Red Bull, so not sure. Fascinating. Um, so we do but have – But anyway, yeah, there's no, – like the digital camera point-and-shoot market has, has not – I don't have the chart in front of me, but my sense is that it's either declined quite a bit or has stopped growing. 
Um, there were not booths of point and shoot cameras. That's really. I mean, I'm sure yeah. Canon had some with theirs or Nikon or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. That's okay. All those commercials with Ashton Kutcher, I don't see those anymore. No, that's true. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, thinking about it because I I talked to this woman on on Friday. So we do have a question. It's from my friend um, Haley, who who runs this site called Madison Avenue Spy. Um, she it's basically a sales. New York City sales alerts. So, like, anytime there's a big sample sale, she's a business reporter, too. Um, and and she's been doing it for about 10 years. It's really interesting. But she sent us um, an interesting thing that we could probably talk about for about five hours. So we're going to have to really be tight on this. How How much time do we have? Right now? Yeah. We're good. Okay. So how is the slide in the Chinese economy going to affect larger large fashion houses throughout Europe and the U S so it already has. Um, you had a stat that, that you wanted to pull up, which I thought we could start with. Sure. Well, this is a little different cause it's not fashion, but, well, um, well the fashion, the... the fashion houses and companies own these, yeah. these brands. So the so Swiss watch kind of industry, uh, releases its export statistics every month. And, uh, the last several months, they, you know, the Sw- Chinese uh, wealth boom was massive for the Swiss watch industry, absolutely massive. And a lot of the watches that get into China go through Hong Kong. And so in November, <laughs> the headline is Hong Kong setback weighs on result. Uh, the uh, exports were down. Five, we're down 6% basically year over year. And uh, Hong Kong specifically was down 28%. USA down 5%. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So Hong Kong was down basically almost yeah. 30% year over year. It's still the, the largest in share. So we've twelve point seven percent. We've talked but. about this a lot. I think have we talked about the whole watch gifting thing? And so the Chinese government put tighter regulations on gifting, and so that was that's part of the issue, right? Um, so, but it, I think so. Some of this is maybe the, some of this is that. Although that that started happening a couple of years ago. Some of this could be yeah, it's, the it's Apple been, Watch, yeah. uh, and maybe a couple other. You know, smart watches getting in the way of people buying uh, Swiss watches, but some of it could just be broader economic stuff. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and so, one number we're going to find out in a couple of weeks is Apple and China during the fourth quarter. Like, well, it's their first quarter, but like, we're we're China has been driving a lot of the growth for Apple over the last several years. Yeah, and now we're going to find out how that happened in the Christmas quarter. So one thing that that a lot of the luxury brands are saying, and and obviously they're going to say this because they're going to try to spin it, but I tend to agree. Um, like Macau is really bad, and Hong Kong is really bad, but the rest of China, there's still a lot of potential. I mean, that a lot of those companies like Louis Vuitton, they've had to close stores because they expanded too quickly in China. And the other thing is that the Chinese customer is changing so rapidly that it's hard to keep up. 
So they used, you know, 10 years ago, all they wanted were monogram bags, logo bags. Now they don't want that. But, you know, what they want changes. Yeah. But but regardless of that, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be a really big market. So what brand, these luxury brands need to do is uh, the smart ones, the U.S. is actually – well, this last quarter was bad, but it's a good market. Like, the economy is pretty good. And in Europe, sales have been really good because the euro is not great. So people are going – tourists are going to Europe to buy stuff. Um, I think the thing that they all need to do is not expand too quickly. And then also they need to invest in the – economies that have the markets that have done well for them. So if you look at something like an Hermes, they're investing heavily in the U S right now. They're also investing in China and they're also investing in Europe and they're also investing in, you know, probably not South America as much, but, um, they're investing in markets that have done well for them and they feel like there's more, more room there. And there's always more room for growth. Like mm-hmm. you're not really, maybe Japan is the one place they, Hermes had a really good quarter there because of the fact that a lot of, um, a lot of Chinese went there to go shopping, but yeah. And Swiss watch exports to Japan grew 9% yeah. in so, November. So that, you know, it, it is one of those things that like, it might be bad for even five years, but it's not and and what these what luxury brands are maybe a little different especially european companies are a little different they do think quarterly but they really think far ahead mm-hmm. too and you have to think about like what is going to make me if i'm a billion dollar business what's going to make me a 2 billion dollar business and that's not like quick hit stuff and th- the fact is that China is getting bigger and bigger and bigger in terms of like consumption of luxury goods, even if it's down for a few quarters or for a couple of years, it's not going right. to detract. Retract. people aren't going away. Yeah. So here's so, a question. Is there a Chinese native luxury brand that's popping up? Yeah. So that's something that's, there's this brand that Louis Vuitton invested in about six years ago called, I mean, LVMH, sorry. Um, let me look it up. LVMH. Because that's, I mean, but obviously not Apple, really. is, Apple is really big in, in smartphones there. Mm-hmm. But Xiaomi is the example of the local brand. There's a few others, too, um, of the aspirational local brand that's conceivably a, a real threat to the, you know, it, Apple is like part luxury brand, part just functional high end uh what is that brand that they bought but xiaomi has also had some difficulty as well more recently not there aren't a lot um lvmh to l back their l capital their um investment firm goes on a chinese l capital asia goes on a chinese shopping spree with investment in sasser um, China outlet malls. Um, I forget what that company is. I mean, obviously they're not important if I can't remember the name of them. 
Oh, we'll figure um, it out. We'll but there there are a couple, and there's one Chinese um, fashion designer who the the Met Ball in 2015, the theme was China. So there were a lot of Chinese design. Well, not that many, but a few Chinese designers on the red carpet at the Met Ball. And there was one in particular who has kind of who had a lot of buzz, but there isn't a lot coming out of there. And it is, it will happen. It happened in Japan. So in the early 1980s, Japan was the most important, probably the most important, you know, region of the world in terms of producing influential fashion designers. Um, So it will happen. It just depends on when. But I really think, I mean, when you look at where the talent is going to come from. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I wrote about it in my newsletter last week. It's going to come from, like, markets that haven't, in terms of fashion design, like markets that haven't been big before, or really small towns, or people who don't have a lot of training. Like, the schools are so slick now, and fashion is so slick that at some point, visually, people are going to need to turn their eye to something new, and that's not going to come from the fashion system because it's so regimented from like now. Paris or from Central Saint Martin's, where um, the the most important fashion school in the world, where you know the, the most important designers of the last twenty years, most of them have come from the most original too, or the last thirty years even. So I don't know if that will keep happening. I mean, it's a obviously a great school and and. The UK is a little different in terms of how they think about the creative process and work. They're definitely not coming out of Paris, no. Cool. That hasn't been happening for oh, a we'll while. Oh, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah that's it's an interesting. interesting. Jinx. Uh, all right. Well, that was Should we talk about something solid. fun? What's fun? Was, was nothing. All of that was fun for me. thought that was all fun? Yeah. Okay. Is there something else that uh, – is it, any other questions from the – the Twitters? I don't think so. Let's look on, you know, on the mouse just to make sure. I can do that with the. Uh, did you retweet it from there? Yeah, I would. I would see it then, right? Oh wait, no. Cool. All right. Well, of course, we've now promised to be back next week too. Yeah, we're gonna do we're it. Also working on an interesting potential guest. Which we're not gonna say which one yet, but that could be cool. Yeah, if uh, anyone has any. Um, recommendations or people that they would love for us to to interview please let us know there is a chance we might be able to get that person so we'd love to hear yeah, who do you want to hear, hear, hear on the show besides uh john januzzi again right yeah yeah we should hold off on that yeah all right <laughs> thanks again we can uh you can always get a hold of us at hello at the needle in the mouse.com or send us a tweet at Needle and Mouse. Of course, you can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please do rate it or review it or whatever you like to do if you have time for that. And uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks, as always, to Alan Lawrence for the theme music. We'll Thanks, see Alan. you soon. Bye.